0: This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSradio.com. Rutherford County's Place the Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues. A search for truth. I know you love this song. Right now that time, 819, you're tuned into WGNS on this Tuesday morning, today April 20th. Rita Shacklett is with us this morning from the Rutherford County Library System. How are you this morning?
1: Uh, well, other than the pollen, I'm pretty good.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I feel like every year I say, I don't remember there being this much pollen.
1: I know, like we were really saying don't. earlier, it's like the cars are covered in yellow and I don't normally have that much trouble, but wow.
0: You know, I... I our front porch is a wood brown, you know, Right. and I tried to, I used the, uh, whatchamacallit, you know, the blower to try to right. blow all the pollen off of it. It wouldn't come off. No. So I'm going to have to go out there with a hose and scrub brush, I Get think. Get you
1: a pressure washer.
0: Yeah. I'm, I I. don't remember being on so thick in I the know. past. I remember I seeing know. it that yellow in the past, but for some reason, it's just, it's really thick and it and sticks.
1: Sticky. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. I feel like it's stuck in my nose. Is it
0: like that inside the library? No. Good.
1: (laughs) No, it's not. Except I come out every day and my car is covered with all this stuff from one of these trees. (laughs) I forgot what what kind it is, but it's like, really? I just washed it off.
0: Well, I don't know if you've been following all the different (coughs) city council meetings, but the one that was held recently about the Blackman Area Park, I heard multiple residents get up and say, I wish the city would have a library out here for the blackman community we we need
1: one that has been on the top of our list for a number of years now so we're we're still working on it i don't know i have no progress report um i'm hoping one day they're just going to call me and say hey we're going to build you a new library in blackman (laughs) and i'm going to go okay
0: (laughs) you know it's interesting because when you look at business parks like uh in brentwood maryland farms those areas and Places like the Avenue here in Murfreesboro, something that they don't incorporate are libraries within these different business parks. But it seems like that would make sense because you could have a business oriented library there that focuses on things that are business-related, just a right. small place.
1: Right. Well, and there's, you know, i look around, Scott, and see all these empty buildings, and, and I'm thinking, oh, that'd be a great place to put a library. But, you know, nobody wants to give it to us, <laughs> and we don't have money, so. <laughs> but we do understand, that literally, Blackman has been, other than our poor little Eagleville Library that needs a new building, that Blackman has been pretty much at the top of our list for a number of years now and um, the last count I heard the county I believe told me that there was about 43,000 people in that area and you've got a lot of schools in that area a lot of subdivisions lots of families Um, so yeah just know we're working on trying to do the best we can to get something out there we really got to start branching out into the community more but that costs money. So, and in the
0: Eagleville area, you have a fundraiser that is nearing, and that's going to help do. to actually raise money for that library.
1: We do. We <laughs> have. It used to be called the Limeball Library Foundation. They have renamed themselves to the Rutherford County Library Foundation. That it supports. It's one of our bigger. Um, they they tend to do the bigger bucks um, fundraising and sponsors for the library system and they have started their very first uh, fundraiser and every year it will focus on a different branch or a different area um, and this year our, for our first one we are uh, all the proceeds will be going to the Eagable, uh Bicentennial Public Library and if you haven't been out there it's a great little place Donna Jordan is the branch supervisor out there. Um, it's very small. It's in probably a third of the community center on old Highway 99. Um, but I tell you, they do a great job, but it's packed full. So uh, May 1st, we're having a lively evening on Main, thanks to Jonathan Harmon, who has the, live, the old lively home on Main Street, um, has graciously allowed us to come to his Uh, Place, And we're having everything outside. We have two huge tents, one in the front and one in the back. We have tables and chairs. So even if there's a little drizzle, we're we're still okay. Uh, We hope it's going to be beautiful weather like today. But um, it starts at 6, goes till 10. It's a drop-in thing. We know that Jazz Fest is that same night, but it's right down the street. So you can still do both. Uh, You can purchase tickets. Uh, Tickets are $60 a person that includes food and beverages Uh, we have several sponsors for craft beer and for um, liquor and wine um, that have donated we also have two food trucks we have smoking butts so you'll have a choice of a couple of entrees there for your dinner Um, and then we have um, i think it's called let's roll it's frozen ice cream. It's ice cream. That sounds and good. And so that will be your dessert, but there'll be drinks uh, and um, everything. We'll have uh, Clive Clayton, I think that's right, uh, and the Vintage Vibes will be doing uh, music um, in the back. And so there'll be lots of, it's just going to be a fun evening. Um, and we hope that you'll still buy tickets. You can go online to um, livelyevening.eventbrite.com or just go to our website at rclstn.org you'll see a little banner thing there that you can click on that will take you there we'll still take sponsorships if you want to do a sponsorship we are like within a couple of hundred dollars of raising $40,000 so far wow. so we are, we are thrilled for our first fundraiser and I just reposted that story on the WGNS website,
0: so it's the first story you'll come to about that fundraiser. But I was reading and it said that the Eagleville Community Library Association purchased that property in 77, yeah. 1977. Yeah. So they, you know, obviously way back
1: then, they had hopes of really making this They something. did. They saw the value. So when they built that community center, they built it with a library. and, and Um, one side
0: I didn't know whatever happened to the Eagleville Community Library Association
1: not sure but uh, they joined our library system in 2005 so they were independent
0: up until Mm -hmm. then yeah yeah 1977 though so that that's pretty there's Mm -hmm. a lot of history there
1: and Nina Merritt I believe was one of the first ones instrumental she is an Eagleville uh, resident and I believe was the librarian at one point um, and she actually was on our library board when they first came on. That's pretty neat. Yeah so Lauren Brandon is our Eagle representative on our library board now and uh, lots of young families moving out there. They're building neighborhoods
0: in Eagleville right now. It's a great
1: community and the library and the community center is located right across the street from the school so you can't miss it.
0: And on that same road there is a a standalone restaurant that's going to be opening soon being built right now. That's
1: right. It's right as you turn.
0: The former principal of Eagleville High School is the one who's who's doing it.
1: I had heard about that so I'm anxious so when I go for a meeting down there I can stop and eat. That's
0: right. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's really important. That's the most important thing. Thing. That's right. But that's pretty cool. So a lot happening in that direction and money being raised. So if this 40000 mark is hit, what is going to be done? I mean, what are some of the ideas? Um,
1: right now, we're probably going to hold on to it, um, just kind of hold it in reserves. We still would love, love, love if somebody wanted to donate some property or there's really no existing building um, in Eagable that would handle the library because you have to have 150 pounds per square foot uh, weight bearing load for shelving um, because we have steel shelving and then you put books on top of that and they go through the floor. Um, and we need space for her children. Uh, she does story times and packs them in in the little corner but, um, or takes them outside. So, you know, we'd love to build a new building, um, but that's going to take property. That's going to take money to build. Uh, We have policies in place where we can name buildings and rooms and things after people. If there's anybody interested, they can just contact me. Well, the unique thing
0: about that area is that I can probably imagine not only Eagleville residents using it, but you have Chapel Hill out that direction. And Rockvale. Yeah, Triune. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's there's a lot of little communities out there.
1: And we already see them using us already so it's but hers is to the point where if she gets new material she has to take something off the shelf there's just no room. Do they have stuff stuff that dates
0: back to, you know, the early 80s still there?
1: Mm-hmm. Only if it's historical type material. So what happens to
0: old books that, you know, were in the library in, in the 70s for example because ball Linball's been around forever.
1: Right. Um, We, I mean, there could still be items there. Um, it depends on whether they're being used or not. We really strive to be good stewards of the money that we get from the cities and the county. Um, and so we do regular checks on our collections. And if they're not being used, if they're just sitting on the shelf, they're not doing anybody any good. So we donate those to our friends groups. Um, they have book sales. And then in turn, we get the proceeds back in things that we can't afford out of our regular operating budget so our friends groups are really really important
0: again rita shacklett with us this morning from the rutherford county library system and once more that lively evening on maine is going to be may 1st so that's about 11 or so days away Mm -hmm. and uh all the information on that is of course on our website but also on the rutherford county library website
1: right you can buy tickets through the site and
0: uh go from there.
1: And there'll be a banner going up over Main Street in the next couple of days. It's being printed so we're we're a little behind on that but but you'll see a banner go up as well. So when you talk to
0: other libraries across the country what are some of the trends that are taking place right now and what, what do you foresee in the future for libraries?
1: You know it's funny you should ask that because I just wrote an article for our staff newsletter um I, I ran across an article the other day um, called Libraries and Pandemics, Past and Present, and it was talking about, they had gone back and done some research on the 1918 influenza pandemic and how it impacted libraries. And there were pictures of librarians in their masks, huh. Interesting. <laughs> um, a lot of the same types of things trying to reinvent yourself so that you can still help, you know, with your curbside service with, you know, uh, more research, offering public information, health information, resources, things like that. Um we still have we're we're slowly gradually moving back to more normal I guess uh, new normal whatever yeah. um, but a lot of digital resources have been used, so we've been very pleased that that we've seen a real uptick in that um, but the other thing that I see Scott is that um we're almost becoming we almost need to look at that model of like a Walmart where they have their neighborhood Walmart stores mm-hmm. but then you've got your superstores and things like that more and more I think libraries are going and library systems are going to being out in the community um, and and I think our biggest downfall right now is the fact that you have to drive Oftentimes, like from if you're living in Blackmon, it could take you literally 20 to 30 minutes to get downtown to the closest library. Easily, and that's just not right. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. I want it where you can get to the library within 15 minutes. We need a library HOV lane. There you go. <laughs> there you go. But I but I see that we really need to start focusing and studying our communities and where those higher demographics, where those large families and schools and things like that are located. I'm also trying to work with the county school system and because of the pandemic, we've had to kind of put that on hold for right now. They had other things to focus on, but is finding one of the the high school libraries that's set up properly with the outside entrance, that kind of thing, because you have to worry about safety and all of that, but partnering with the school system so that we use the library on the weekends or on the evenings and in the summer because those libraries are sitting empty in the summer and so they're beautiful facilities and so why not their budgets for books and things aren't any better than ours so why not partner together and and collaborate with the school libraries especially your high schools and so we want to get a pilot project in an existing building going so that moving forward When you build a set of schools, like an elementary, middle, and high school in an area, you know that the subdivisions are going to start popping up in apartment complexes. So when those kinds of things happen, if there's not a library within a certain mile range, you make that part of that school um, construction. And so I'm hoping that that will That will happen as well, but we'll need to get back on that probably in the next year or so.
0: You know, a a really good example of that, Rockville High School. I I don't know if you've driven that direction lately, Mm -hmm. but after they opened, I guess it was last year, there are neighborhoods being built right across the street from it. I I mean, it's happening right now. Oh, you go
1: down Highway 99, and there's at least two to three new subdivisions within just... Feet of each other
0: it would make sense to have a small library somewhere right. in that area
1: but why not share it so that when you build the school you build it so that the access and all of that can be conducive to also having a public branch yeah. in there that would so, make total sense you know we're, we're trying to find ways to be creative and and um, collaborate with counties and, and cities and school systems and 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 pool our resources together so that we can offer more and get the get more bang for our buck
0: now i understand that there may be some money
1: available through the
0: federal government for technology going towards libraries this year and i, I don't know what would have to be done in order to get that money I, i'm sure there's different things you got to fill out in all yeah that.
1: we're looking into that and there there's strings attached in some cases um But we've tried to take uh, full advantage of of any kind of grants and things made available for technology, for PPE, for anything that we could get to help us stretch our budget a little bit farther.
0: And I think there's been some misinformation out there as well through Congress. I think some congressmen have been talking about, I think they suggested that libraries are a place where you can catch COVID,
1: Mm. whereas...
0: That's just not true.
1: No. And I don't know where they get this stuff from. Well, who knows? I mean, where do people get information anyway? And and people tend to trust the public library, as hopefully they should, um, that it is more a more reliable source of information because we don't just take anything as far as, like, online. We can tell you more whether a site's reliable or not. Um, And we do offer computer classes. We have a lot online now. Um, But they will show you how to look at a a website and tell whether it's really reliable or not. When was the last time it was updated? Yeah. Where is their material coming from? You know? um, And there's a lot of things like that that you have to look at. But community health uh, organizations and nonprofits and things tend to send us their information because they know that we can disseminate it. To a large group of people and growing
0: up you know I, I guess I always learned through school that the library was basically an educational facility I, I right. mean it was a, a a neutral place of information and it had you it know has all sites all
1: sides it was interesting you know.
0: but I, I don't know I don't know what they teach today in school as far as libraries and what children learn about libraries because we had to learn about the Dewey Decimals and we've talked about this before right but I don't
1: know what they're teaching now. I don't either. Um, I, I know some school librarians, some media specialists, and they're great. And they do a, a wonderful job. I, I don't know how they handle their day-to-day things. I mean, we used to go to the library at least once or twice a week. That was part of your classwork, as you went to the library. Um, but I think the more we can partner together um, and share resources and share information, um, that is just invaluable. You know, a lot of schools,
0: MTCS was one of them. They, if you got in school suspension, you'd be in the library that entire Which kind of <laughs> gives
1: the library a bad name. You know, it's like if you've been bad, you got to go to the library. Well, <laughs> for some kids, that's not a bad place to go. And that's and, probably where
0: you need to be. Right. <laughs> a, but but it's interesting, and and uh, again, I'm curious as to how they do those things today. Yeah. I mean, there's just there's so much about the school library that. I mean, it's a it's a center where children come to learn, and I mean, it's just a fascinating place if you if you look at it the right way.
1: And there are so many more resources than ever before. I mean, you have graphic novels, you have music, you have streaming devices, um, old e-books, e-audios. Um, you know, plus your traditional print, your audio audiobooks. Uh, you know, books on CD. There's so many facets to. Um, a a public library anymore and I'm sure to a school library as well but there's so many things that people don't ever realize that they're going to find when they come in the library. So we just encourage people to stop by the library. We've got five locations we have one in Eagleville, one in Smyrna we have three in Murfreesboro. We have our digital branch, our technology engagement center that's on the Hopgood campus. Then we have um, MGL that's in the Patterson Park Community Center and then we have Lineball and then we have one of Of three bookmobiles left in the state of Tennessee that you'll see roaming around pretty much five days a week yeah there's only three and one of them was out of commission for a while and they bought a new one their engine burned up it was an old (laughs) machine it was an old bookmobile and and uh, but we've got a creative bookmobile staff that really have been trying to look at how they can help especially during the pandemic and reaching out to people and Providing resources and stuff. So
0: again, Rita Shacklett with us this morning, director of the Rutherford County Library System, and we're going to take a short break. Time right now, eight forty. You're tuned in to WGNS online at WGNSRadio.com, and we will be right back. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell at Music World and Drummers Den, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We have a huge selection of ukuleles which have become very popular in the last couple of years. We have one for everybody in the family, from small to large. We do guitar repairs and setups, lessons for every instrument from strings to keyboards to drums. Right here at Music World and Drummer's Den, 2762 South Church Street, across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas' Restaurants. One of the new menu items that we have added is our Salmon Imperial. Our Salmon Imperial is a fresh-cut piece of salmon with shrimp and a crab meat blend, and then we've put our Alfredo sauce on top of it. It's great for a low-carb diet that you can get with spinach, but also it just has an amazing flavor with a mixture of all those flavors between the shrimp, Alfredo, and then our salmon. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner seven days
1: a week. At Demas's.
2: Hi. I'm Dr. O, and I welcome you to meet our compassionate team at Almaville Farms Family Dentistry. Come check out our new patient special. We're located just off of I-24 on Almaville Road. Almaville Farms Family Dentistry. Come fill the Almaville Farms difference.
3: Family Staffing Solutions is proud of our local veterans. I'm Becky Bookner, and as life challenges appear, talk with Family Staffing Solutions about how we can help you stay at home. Call Family Staffing Solutions. Family Staffing Solutions.
0: A salute to veterans on WGNS Radio. I saw a lot of stuff. I spent 10 years first in the Navy, so I saw it from a Navy side, and then I spent my last 10 years in the National Guard. But we did see a lot off the coast of Iraq during Desert Storm 1, and yeah, we did see a lot. After a career in the military, Ron Leonard decided he wanted to give back. It started with training his dog to comfort veterans who suffer from PTSD. He started working with Canines Through Christ So we started training our dog, Molly, and Molly now is a therapy dog to comfort wounded warriors and those that suffer with PTSD. We've got a lot of servicemen and women who fought for our country, who protected our country, who are now living here in Rutherford County. Sure. But for those who are listening, who are going through a really hard time right now and who are probably rolling their eyes saying, a dog's not going to help me, Mm -hmm. but they're living alone and they are sad. They are depressed. If they want to at least try the idea of having a dog in their house. Okay, what I would do is I would encourage them to go to Canines for Christ, that would be the letter K, the number nine, four. Christ.org, or they can go to another website called train a dog save a warrior and it would just be the initials of the letters of train a dog save a warrior.org there's a man in texas that actually houses these dogs on a 60 acre farm leonard who served in the navy and later retired from the army decided he wanted to give back it started with training his dog to comfort veterans who suffer from ptsd
1: this has been a salute to veterans
0: on WGNs Radio. Have you experienced the nightmare of water, mold or fire damage? Call Restoration 1 for a free estimate. Veteran and locally owned, fast and available 24/7. Restoration 1 offers preventative maintenance so that you never have to experience a loss like this again. Restoration 1, the water damage experts.
4: You can make a meaningful difference in 2021. KidLink Community Services is currently seeking foster parents in your area. KidLink provides free training and certification. Contact KidLink today at 8 Seven 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 one four thirteen thirteen 714 1313 or kidlinkservices.com. Precision
0: Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system. WGNS listeners get $50 off. 615 930 0088. A whole house air purifier. 615 930 0088. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local Rough Country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street, online at tireworld.us. Old friends, new name, better together. As First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County. But will always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender.
3: Mainly sunny this afternoon, high in the mid 70s. Increasing clouds tonight, chance of seeing a few showers. We'll you 36. Wednesday, increasing sun, I of 55. I'm Laura Lockwood on News Radio WGNS. Right now, 44.
0: The Dave Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW. Weekdays from 1 to 4 on WGNS. The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSradio.com. We're Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Right now that time, 8.45, you're tuned into wg and Again, Rita Shacklett with us this morning with the Rutherford County Library System. And uh, I, I know we have an, an audio bit here to play, but um, for those listening, the library system is now pretty much back open. I know you mentioned that earlier, but it's pretty much back open to regular schedule, right?
1: Right. Our hours our operating hours are pretty much normal. Um, we're starting, you, you might see some things like, Public seating starting to come back and some things like that, but uh, staff are still pretty trying to be very careful and and make it a safe place for you to come.
0: And masks are recommended, not recommended, required. not
1: required, but but you know that's your that's your call. We want you to feel comfortable and and as safe as possible.
0: And the website to learn more about the library system is what
1: rclstn.org. All right. And Sounds. remember, we have curbside service at Lineball and at Smyrna. So if you're still not comfortable coming in, go online, put stuff on hold. They'll let you know when it's ready, and you just pull up and text the number that's on the sign outside the building, and they'll bring it to you.
0: Sounds good. I, I guess now let's go to the audio bit that was recorded actually in one of the podcast studios right, at the library. Right,
1: at, at the Technology Engagement Center. So
0: pretty cool stuff that you can do yes. at the library.
1: Yes. <laughs>
5: Hello from the Rutherford County Library System. This is Amanda bringing you library news and events from our five branches around the county. And what's going on at your library system? Remember, during the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, branches of RCLS are now operating at fully open schedules, but masks and social distancing guidelines are strongly encouraged. Most library events and classes continue to be offered virtually. Limebaugh Public Library is open with social distancing measures in place. Curbside service is available Monday through Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. and Sundays from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. Check our Facebook and other social media pages for a list of events or visit rclstn.org for a full calendar. When President Biden signed into law the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan Act, ARPA, as of 2021, on March 11, the Institute of Museum and Library Services, IMLS, received $200 million, the largest single increase in the agency's 25-year history. The funding package also provides billions of dollars for academic, public, and school-library-eligible programs, including the Emergency Education Connectivity Fund through the federal E-Rate program. Of the $200 million for IMLS, $178 million is allocated for the Library Services and Technology Act and will go to state library administrative agencies on a population-based formula. IMLS announced state allotments for ARPA funding in a March eleventh press release. Because there is a $2 million state minimum, every state will receive a significant infusion of funding. As with last year's CARES Act funding, state library agencies have discretion to determine how funds will be spent. Of the additional billions of dollars in library-eligible funding that the RESCUE legislation provides, $135 million each is earmarked for the National Endowments for the Arts and Humanities, and more than $360 billion will go to state, local, and tribal governments. To receive a portion of the billions of dollars in library-eligible funding outside of IMLS, libraries must advocate at the state and local level. Partnering with local governments, school administrators, and other community service organizations will be key to securing ARPA funding. Libraries' inclusion in the ARPA indicates that many in Congress are taking note of them, but more work is still to be done. When the legislation was on the Senate floor, several senators questioned the connection between libraries and COVID-19, and there were efforts to strike libraries from the bill. This illustrates that many legislators are not informed about the extent to which libraries help their communities on a daily basis. Library advocates, patrons, library workers, and others need to educate decision makers at every level of government. While we celebrate the historic gains for libraries and ARPA, the ALA is turning its focus to the five billion dollar Build America's Library Act. This act. Introduced by Senator Jack Reed and Representative Andy Levin would fund upgrades to the nation's library infrastructure to address challenges such as natural disasters, COVID-19, and broadband capacity. Now let's hear from Limeball Youth Services.
2: Katie Turner, the Youth Services Coordinator at Lineball.
4: This is Kinsey McBride, Youth Services Assistant at Lineball.
2: Kinsey, it seems like spring is finally here. The flowers are blooming, the days are getting warmer, but we're already looking forward to summer.
4: We are! Our summer reading program this year is called Tales and Tales. You can come into Lineball Library starting Tuesday, May 18th to get signed up for the program and pick up your reading logs.
2: I think we all know last year was really different and that plans didn't quite work out the way we'd imagined. This year, we've decided to host a hybrid summer reading program. That means we'll have virtual performances from some of our favorite entertainers, virtual expeditions to learn more about our world and the creatures in it, and in-person story times and explorations that you can sign up for starting May 18th. And since our quest kits have been so popular over the past year, New themed kits will be available each week of the summer reading program.
4: For the teens and tweens, we have several virtual activities and crafts planned, as well as a new cooking program. Each Monday during the summer reading program, teens can pick up a new cooking kit with a simple recipe and the staple ingredients needed. I will post a video on Monday afternoons of myself trying to cook the recipes so you can cook along with me. If you're like me, I am always looking for simple and fun recipes. Our cooking kits provide just that.
2: This is such a fun program, and I'm really looking forward to learning some new recipes. We're also still accepting applications for teen volunteers for the summer reading program. Make new friends and earn volunteer hours for school. Teens ages 12 to 18 can stop by Lineball to pick up an application or fill out an online version from the RCLS Facebook page.
4: We really have a lot going on for our teens. We now have a tab group at Lineball. The Teen Advisory Board meets via Zoom on the first Tuesday of every month at 4.30 p.m. The Teen Advisory Board aims to bring Lineball's teens together through books, creativity, and fun. Teens will be a part of something really special and help execute and develop programs we offer for Lineball's teen population. If you have questions about TAB or are interested in joining, please contact the Youth Services Department at Lineball. We have one more program before summer starts for our teens. On April 24th, join me for a virtual spring craft at 2 o'clock on the RCLS Facebook page.
2: For more information about summer reading or any of Lineball's programs, please call 615-893-4131, extension 114, or visit us online at
4: rclstn.org. We hope to see you soon at Boss.
0: Stay tuned for the following public service announcement. Your library's newest streaming service, Hoopla, has broken new records. Thanks to all the love and support that you, our patrons, are showing us, and our hoopla offerings, we are beginning to meet some of our budget caps. Hope Law will let you know when the library has hit its budget for the day but come right on back tomorrow and give that hope law check out another try. And hey, if you're feeling it, please contact your local city or county officials and let them know how much you love your library and Hope law and how appreciative you are that your tax dollars provide this service Hope Law among many others for our community.
6: This is Kathleen Tyree, branch manager of the Technology Engagement Center. The Tech on Minerva Drive has added a new service just in time for the ALA's preservation week, a do-it-yourself digital archiving cart. The cart, funded by the Friends of Linebaugh Library, allows a patron to create digital copies of family or community history, making it easier to share your story with others. All you need is your library card. The archiving cart will be available to reserve via the RCLS website booking page. The tools included in the cart are user-friendly and there is a step-by-step guide. It will allow for the scanning of documents, photos and slides, and the duplication of VHS tapes to a more accessible and storage-friendly format. There is a dedicated laptop to help organize your new digital files, which you can then save to a thumb drive, cloud storage, or burn to a DVD. Staff will be available to assist with setting up equipment, but this is a do-it-yourself project for saving copies of existing media. Should you want to edit your new files, this can be done at the tech as well, just on another visit. Please watch rclstn.org and our social media for more information on our digital archiving cart.
3: It's Poetry Month and the Rutherford County Library System is celebrating by sharing our favorite poems. Check out our Facebook page, where we'll be posting readings by staff members throughout the month. Share with your friends and let us know your favorite poems, too.
0: Do you need to take your tech know-how to the next level? Have you ever wanted to learn how to podcast,
2: live stream, turn your house into a smart home,
0: The Rutherford County Library System is offering a series that
3: will level up
0: your tech skill. From Microsoft Office to Python programming, we've got classes that will upgrade your brain. Check out the calendar at rcls.org to see the list of classes and sign up.
3: Level up. This is Carol Gaddis, Branch Manager at Lineball Public Library, here to share some of our upcoming events for the month of May. The Rutherford County Master Gardeners continue to provide a monthly podcast and handout that can be found at our website, rclstn.org. May's topic is container gardens and raised beds, along with how to make your own compost. If you missed an earlier podcast, no worries. They are still posted on the RCLS website. Are you aging into Medicare or currently have it? But would like to understand it better? Please join us for a discussion on the basics of Medicare. This free educational seminar is in the first floor club room at Limeball on Saturday, April 17th. Local author Katera Locke will be at Limeball on Saturday, May 8th, from 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. to sell and sign copies of her children's book, Elias and the Magic Blanket, Turks and Caicos. Most of our book groups and other monthly groups are now back meeting in the library. It's a great way to share your love for a common interest and make new friends. Visit our online calendar to check out our book clubs, yarn, writers, magic groups, and more at Lineball Public Library. The Rutherford County Library System
5: is comprised of five branches and a bookmobile throughout Rutherford County, including Murfreesboro, Smyrna, Eagleville, Patterson Park, and the Technology Engagement Center. For a list of all events you heard here today and more information, please call 615-893-4131 or visit rclstn.org.
0: And that is the latest from the Rutherford County Library System. Rita, uh, did you enjoy all that?
1: Oh, I did. I I just said we've got such a creative group of people on it, and sometimes I have to stop and listen and go, who is that? Because I don't recognize they love they love to do those kinds of things and you can record podcasts and anything else at the tech or at our MGL library now has a small recording studio so
0: so in order to use one of those podcast studios, what do you need to do
1: get a library card and just show up and show up well I would call first and make sure that it's free because they do reserve it so and
0: so the uh, the one over there by Hobgood that that one has the most tech stuff, obviously. And
1: and it's a little bit bigger. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, does that one also have the 3D printers as well? They've
1: got 3D printers. They have a Glowforge. Uh, They have a laser printer, vinyl cutter, all kinds of stuff. Um, And when things get back a little bit better, we'll go back to the virtual reality things and and all that. We have meeting rooms there. We have a meeting room at MGL. We have meeting rooms at Smyrna and Lineball. Eagable doesn't have room for a meeting room, but Uh, One day, we will. So you can reserve those. Um, There are some limitations, I think, still just on number of people that we like to have in there right now. But um, you can go online and reserve any of those at rclstn.org.
0: And again, our guest today, Rita Shacklett from the Rutherford County Library System. And we'll post this, speaking of podcast, on our website in just a little while. So those who missed a portion of it can go back and listen to it on wgnsradio.com. Uh, Rita, thank you for joining us today.
1: Thanks for all your support, Scott, and enjoy the pollen in the sun. Can't wait for more of it.
0: <laughs> Nine o'clock right now, and local news comes your way next, followed by CBS News.